joining us as he does each and every Tuesday at 4.30 on the Harbor One Hotline, Rob Bradford of WEEI. You can check out his work on the Odyssey app. Baseball isn't boring, of course. Uh, how are we doing today, Rob? Listen, there's only one receiver who's going to be taking the first round that has been on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. <laughs> so I don't care what uh, what needs to be done, but that guy needs to be drafted. Who is that it? is Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, my God. You're one of these? Oh. Rob. What? Brad Focus, if you what? take if you take Marvin Harrison Jr., you're not uh, going to no, take no, one no, of these no, top so you're, three you're, quarterbacks. You're, I hate him even more. You're, you're 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 not you're not you're missing the point. I don't care. I don't care about literally anything else other than the fact that he held up a baseballs and boring T-shirt. So and then I can I can resurface it. I don't care about anything All right. else. All right, questionable so, judgment he, on this. I, I, another reason not to take him at three. Questionable judgment <laughs> on Marvin Harrison Jr. He's huge though. You know the one thing is standing next oh, to him. Oh, football player is big. Mackerel. <laughs> No, no, come on. You know, you've been around receivers. Receivers are like, you know, you can get the, the David Pattons of the world, the Troy Browns of the world, and those guys. This guy's a big guy. Anyway, that's my scouting report. There you go. Okay, I like it. Uh, I appreciate I wanna, it. I want to ask you about the Red Sox. Uh, some players have uh, started to pop off to a degree. That would include Rafael Devers. That would include Kenley Jansen, who we've talked to you about uh, in the past. How upset are the players with ownership? We know fans are upset. Sounds like Cora's plenty upset. How upset are the players? I think it's settling in a little bit, and this is, this usually happens in spring training where you're you're seeing best case scenario from guys, and guys are optimistic. But I'll say this: I'll spin it a little bit different. So right now, um, I'm in Arizona. I came here for a couple of days. I talked to Xander Bogarts. I talked to uh, I was over at Dodgers camp. I talked to some former Red Sox over there, and everyone is asking the same question: What is going on in Boston? These guys are you know, these guys, as we know, the the Boston Red Sox that they have known. This is not that Boston Red Sox, and you know Xander's going to be on the podcast dropping tomorrow morning, and he just basically flat out said that he's like, "This isn't how we used to do business. <laughs> this is not how it used to go." And you know, we heard it with Pedroia, we've heard it with other guys, and, and so I think that that's the sort of fascinating thing to me is that yeah, sure, you know, you have Devers and you have. You have Kenley, but there's not a lot of other guys in there, as we said before, who are sort of in the position to have a voice on this. But the guys who do have a voice on it are making their voice heard. So you bring up Devers and Kenley Jansen there, and I think about this, about where this team was with some early team meetings last season when Verdugo stepped up and wanted to be the one that was running at least one of those (laughs) meetings who do you get the inkling is going to be leaders in the clubhouse for the team as it's constituted today? Is it going to be Devers? Is If Jansen's around, is it going to be Jansen? Or are we looking at a younger guy to step into that role? It's a good question. I think that one that that sort of went under the radar when we were trying to figure out the team building of this whole equation. And I, I do think that Devers is more of a leader in his own way. He's like, He's going to pick his spots, I guess, and we saw he picked his spot. There you go. Rafael Devers made it be known because once he is a guy who's going to be here for 10 years and he wants to be on winning teams. But to answer your question, the guy who, who has absolutely tried to do what Justin Turner did, be that guy, is Trevor Story. The problem is, is that Trevor Story is in the same boat with a lot of these guys. He's trying to establish his own deal. It's not like he's signed here for 10 years. It's not like he's coming off this, this great, great 
couple years, he's, but he's doing everything he possibly can to be that exact guy that you talked about. It's not a perfect scenario, but I'll give Trevor credit, man. Like, I'll give him credit. Someone's going to step up and, and, and be a voice because Justin Turner was absolutely that guy last year. And I don't know if you know that. He's not playing for him anymore. No, that uh, that is true. He's Rob Bradford of WEEI. He joins us each and every week here on Jones and Mego. No Arcan today. Uh, look, I I'm fascinated by this Jordan Montgomery just discussion, and I say fascinated because he's really nothing special, Rob. Like the Red Sox could use him, but he's nothing special. He's like a good, solid big leaguer. Uh, maybe I'm I'm missing the point on this. It seems like there's been a little bit of movement on Jordan Montgomery this past week. Cody Bellinger finally signed back with the Cubs. Maybe there's some movement on these Boris clients. Has there been a shift with the Red Sox on signing someone like that, or am I misreading it? I don't think there's been a shift in the Red Sox. I think there's been a shift in per- perhaps Jordan Montgomery. I think the, the the contract that you saw for Cody Bellinger was a sign that these guys are not going to get the, the shock and awe deals that Boris pulled out of his hat just when you didn't think it was possible. I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's going to happen with Jordan Montgomery. And that's where we, I, weeks ago, I think I was on with you guys and say, hey, you know what, maybe they're playing this right. Maybe he falls to them. And it's trending more that way than ever before. I think the people in baseball, throughout baseball, if you said, where do you think Jordan Montgomery is going to end up? I think the, the, the very, very, very mass amount of people who are going to, they're going to say Jordan Montgomery is going to get the Boston Red Sox. That was the majority of people in baseball think right now. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I think the dangerous part about the whole Jordan Montgomery market falling down to where the Red Sox feel, feel okay signing him is that there might be some other teams say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we could use a number three starter at three years. Sure. Look, this, this, this part of our name in the hat for Jordan Montgomery. So, I do think there's still a chance for the Red Sox, but I'm with you, Adam. Like, I'm with you. I said this all along. We we get so obsessed over the Red Sox getting somebody that we forget that this isn't the guy that you're going to build around for the next six or seven years. He can help this team. He can help this team on the field. He can help this team perception-wise. But let's not get this twisted. That Jordan Montgomery is not the foundational guy that I think a lot of people are making them out to be. Do you get the sense that any of this waiting it out with Jordan Montgomery has to do with a budget that the Red Sox parameters are stuck under? <laughs> like a, I should say it this way, a self-imposed budget from ownership saying it's got to work with this. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Absolutely. I think that at the end of the day, Mago, is that Whatever, wherever they come with, come to the point where Boris, where they think this might be worth it for Jordan Montgomery. Ultimately, that's going to have to be passed through John Henry. This is how it always has worked. The difference is, is that from what we know from John Henry in years past, he's been, hey, you want to pay more forty million dollars more for David Price? Yeah, let's go get him. That's not how they're doing business because of those, as you said, the parameters. So I, I do think that they are still dealing within those parameters. But you have to understand, too, is that if this report from Bob Nightingale is correct, they were around $300 million for Yamamoto. No one's going to say you're paying that much for, for Jordan Montgomery, but it does show the parameters can shift when they want the parameters to shift. 
now comes the, the point of how much do they feel like it's important to get this guy for this year to shift those parameters. I said parameters way too much. I no, understand that. No, no, no. That's all right. That's a, you're right in line with them. You sound like Sam Kennedy. That's yeah. true. Uh, so before yeah. before we let you go, before we let you go, how much uh, how much new baseball pants talk are you guys doing on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast? Uh, what's oh, it like in goodness. person? Yeah, yeah. What's that like up close and personal? Oh, it's 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 it's. I mean, I just can't take my eyes off it. Like, it's just, it's something crazy. for the fans. It's something for the fans. Like yeah. I said, the. We, we uh, one player was nice enough to put a baseballs and boring sticker underneath his uniform, and it showed. It was Where like did a, he put it? Uh, well, well placed, uh, right on his thigh. It showed oh. right there for everybody oh, nice. to see. Hot. So it's uh, yeah. These, this is this is this is undeniably the the talk of spring training. Um, it isn't changing anytime soon. Maybe they'll adjust some things, but think about how much time, effort, and money went into making these uniforms for all these players for this season. And you get to this point and like, oh, my goodness, sad trombone. There's so many things wrong with them. And they aren't. And I said, said this before. They are, they are not the same uniforms as they showed the All-Stars back in last July. They are not the same. They aren't fitted. They are, those weren't see-through, all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, listen, it, spring training is, is a great time to talk about this stuff. So, Thank you, Majestic, Majestic, and thank you, Nike, for letting us talk about something so silly as the uniforms. All right, he is Rob Bradford. You can check out the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast with Baseball Isn't Boring stickers all over baseball players. Uh, that's on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. <laughs> Get it on your phone. It's free. It's easy. It's worth checking out. Uh, Bradford usually corners somebody and gets something good out of him, like Henley Jansen uh, complaining about the Red Sox and their offseason in previous episodes. Yeah, you're gonna, and you're going to want to listen to Bogarts tomorrow. Bogarts. Uh, much like Kenley, very, very honest human being. Okay. We always appreciate Well, I'm sure we'll be uh, playing some of that tomorrow, Rob, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. All right. See you later. Thanks, Rob. All right, Rob Bradford, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. I'm not buying. We, we didn't even talk about it yesterday. I'm not buying the Nightingale report on Yamamoto. They had a $3 million offer oh, for him. This time we really mean that we offered them the money that they wanted. I don't buy that. I bet I buy that they're saying, or someone's saying that yeah, tonight. Sure, I don't sure. buy that was the offer. But like they went from spending $300 million on a player to not spending on anyone. That doesn't make any sense. Just use your brain for a second. I'm not saying that to Rob. I'm just saying in general, I don't buy that report. Real quick, since Stephen Fall River brought it up, and I was hanging on every word Rob said, but I was also uh, uh, doing some research. Some wide receivers who missed. Justin Blackman at five. Oh, come on. How was that? Was that a good pick? Uh, I was not. Uh, how about Tavon Austin at eight? These are each the top wide receivers in their draft, by the way. That was in 2013. Tavon Austin, remember him? Sammy Watkins at four. Did you like him? Uh, that was in 2014. Uh, 2015, hang on. Uh, Amari Cooper went high at four, and I think he's debatable. Kevin White went seven. They were neck and neck for the best receiver in that draft. Oh, by the way, Devontae Parker went 14, and Nelson Aguilar went 20. Those were all the top receivers in the 2015 draft. 2016, you ready for this, Mego? I can see you're excited. Corey Coleman, the first receiver in that draft. You remember him? I think he might have been here briefly. Followed by Will Fulmer, uh, Fuller, Josh Doxson. He was on the Washington football team. And Laquan Treadwell. Those were the uh, top receivers in 2016. 2017, one more good one for you. Corey Davis at five. Uh, even Mike Williams at seven. Is that a no-brainer hit? John Ross at nine? These guys miss. And to act like you never miss on wide receivers and you're only going to miss on quarterbacks is dumb. Uh, we'll get to triple play with all your phone calls next.